You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the place that the UFC and Bellator come to for the inside scoop of what's going on in the world of mixed martial arts. The doors of the gym are opened up just for you. We are the MMA Insiders. Here are your hosts, Jason Floyd of the MMA Report and the president of Combat Sports Media, Sam Kaplan. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor is going to take place on Saturday night inside the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are going to preview this fight on this episode of the MMA Insiders Podcast on Radio Influence. Sam and I are going to talk about various aspects of this fight, from the glove controversy to the sparring between Conor and Pauli Maginali. Plus, get into your questions and comments. Of course, we're brought to you by Fight TV, Fight's the go-to app for MMA fans and practitioners, live pay-per-views, TV tapings, full-length matches, interviews, movies, and documentaries. Watch MMA, wrestling, and boxing live on the screen of your choice, phone, tablet, or TV using just the Fight app. You can download Fight for your day by going to fight, F-I-T-E dot TV forward slash radio influence forward slash. That link is also available on radioinfluence.com. Sam, do you feel the buzz of this fight card? I do and I don't. If you're just watching regular network TV, if you're watch if you don't have cable and you're just watching maybe Netflix and Hulu and you're kind of stuck in just the, you know, cut the cord, you stream everything that you watch mode, you're not going to see too much hype for this. But I got to tell you Jason, whenever I'm in the gym in the morning, it's on. I can't tell you how many consecutive mornings I've walked into the gym, looked up at the TVs when I'm doing cardio or doing weights, and I see McGregor doing some kind of strut. They're cutting to you know Mayweather, you know, and whether it's ESPN or Fox Sports One, it seems like the cable sports channels are giving this a lot of attention. And typically with Mayweather pay-per-views, you don't get that big media from a marketing standpoint, as far as paid advertising, you really don't get that until the final two weeks of the fight. Have I seen a lot of paid advertising just yet, but we're taping this on Monday. I think as fight week progresses, you're going to see a barrage of paid promotion in addition to the free promotion from the sports media. Yeah, it's on Wednesday of this week. It is a pre-fight press conference. And I'll tell you, Sam, we're recording this here on, on Monday evening, August 21st, a little after seven o'clock Eastern time. And, uh, of course, uh, the NFL season for me started a couple weeks ago, and, and this, today was actually the day that I went to our home stadium because our first home game is coming up this weekend. And I would tell you, Sam, I had a ton of people just as we were doing some stuff around the stadium that were asking me about the fights and people that don't normally say anything to me uh, when it comes to, to UFC. So that tells me a little bit about something. But, you know, over the past couple of days, I've been reaching out to people kind of asking, hey, do, do you feel there's a buzz with this? But I, I do agree with you is I think as this week goes on, there's going to be a lot of interest. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the sport of boxing and, and in a way, I guess you say the sport uh, of mixed martial arts. But I'll also say this, I, I it's when, when I talk to casual fight fans, they don't call it MMA. You know what they call it, Sam? They call it cage fighting. Oh, no, UFC. 
Okay. All right. You know, which, I mean, obviously, if you're an organization outside the UFC, you don't like that. But, you know, we wanted to start off by talking about, I, I guess, there's been, I, I think, two major controversies in, in terms of the build of this fight. Uh, one of them has been about the gloves, and, and the other is about, uh, you know, the sparring video that uh, UFC President Dana White released. First off, on the gloves, is anyone really shocked that Nevada approved going to 8-ounce gloves? I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. I think basically for past several years, whatever Mayweather wants, he pretty much gets. I mean, he runs that commission. He is that commission. He has represented so much of the tax income as far as the boxing and MMA commission is concerned. It's he, He's a huge cash cow for them. He's rewarded them by not really going outside of the state to do his fights. He, he's pretty much kept it in. Nevada kept it in Vegas and, you know, kept that tax revenue for, for the, for the, for the uh, Nevada commission. So, you know, pretty much anything within reason Mayweather's going to get. Yeah. I mean, and let's also, it's not like Mayweather's never fought an eight, eight ounce clothes before he has. I, one of the things that I've heard over the past couple of days since this was announced, Sam was which, which fighter does this give the advantage to? And I've seen a lot of people say, Oh, it, it's advantage Conor McGregor. Do you believe that? No, absolutely not. I think it's a huge mistake on McGregor's part. In fact, it's such a notable change that it's caused my change. It caused me to change my prediction for the fight. I still believe Mayweather's going to win, but I believe you know. I, on the previous show, I stated that I thought that McGregor would go the distance. I didn't think that McGregor would have uh, that Mayweather would have enough power to knock out McGregor. I am now predicting. Mayweather, instead of decision by eighth round TKO, I think that McGregor, the accumulation of blows, now that there's going to be an eight ounce glove instead of a 10 ounce, I think that it's going to take its toll. A toll. I think some people are probably saying right now, if they're listening, it's only two, a two ounce difference. What's the big deal? If you've been hit in the face by a various uh, assortment of gloves like I have, you feel the difference even with one ounce, uh, especially when you go make that drop from 10 to eight, there's a lot of padding with a 10 ounce glove. If you're conditioned the right way, if you're immune to uh, you know hits, and you've done a you know str a strong amount of sparring in your camp, especially you know McGregor being used to getting hit in the face with four ounce gloves, a 10 ounce glove you know in certain instances is going to feel like uh, getting hit with a pillow. Eight ounce gloves now, you're talking about the amount of punches that Mayweather potentially could land. Mayweather's, I mean, uh, McGregor's only going to be able to withstand so many. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, I've stuck by, I, I think that it, Connor's going to get frustrated. I, I think after, you know, three or four rounds, he's going to come in. That's where Floyd ultimately takes over. But what, I get this sense that, like, there's a lot of people out there that truly believe Connor McGregor can win this fight. Well, that's a testament to Showtime and, and Mayweather Promotions. You know, the, the other, before we jump into that, one other point I want to make, going from 10 to 8 ounces, McGregor's going to wear more damage. Mm -hmm. And now there's a greater potential for a cut, which could lead to a doctor stoppage. So I, I really believe that we're going to see a TKO by Mayweather at some point. But, you know, you make the point, Jason, that there are people that legitimately – believe that McGregor has a shot and anything can happen in a fight. I get it. This is why they play the game. But if McGregor somehow wins, Jason, it's either be because of some kind of fluke 
where you know Mayweather, you know, bust blew out his knee during the fight, or there's going to be shenanigans. So you know, it's that's the only way. Those are the only two ways McGregor wins. If he somehow wins, it's everyone's going to have a right to question whether or not the fight was on the level. Let's put it that way, without getting into too much detail. But Showtime has mastered this art, and Mayweather Promotions has mastered the art of making you believe the underdog is on the same parallel as Mayweather. And it's just not the case. The the storyline that Showtime is projecting along with Mayweather during the Showtime all-access features that they're doing on on this fight and you know i think they're on for free on youtube you don't necessarily have to be a showtime subscriber you can you know just put it on youtube and watch it the narrative they're trying to convey to the audience and i think it's a false narrative is that mayweather is not taking mcgregor seriously that he's not in the gym anywhere near as much as he should and he's worrying about outside business interests getting involved in the adult entertainment industry with, with regards to strip clubs that his mind is elsewhere, and it's it's a narrative that's being conveyed. It's a narrative that I guess casual combat sports fans are potentially buying into, but I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe that Mayweather is taking McGregor lightly at all. This has been a money-making machine for Mayweather now for many, many years, and I, I've gotten to know people that have worked for Mayweather, not close in his camp as far as the fight operations, more along the fight promotion with regards to media and filming the commercials and a lot of the interviews that you see with him. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell me, they'll say that, you know, Mayweather and Leonard Ellerby, they're both, you know, really candid with people that are close to them, that this is all a hustle. This has all been a hustle to try to build these other fighters up and just keep milking the system for as much money as they can. And Mayweather walked away because the big money fights weren't there. Were there fights that he could, you know, draw money from out there? Yes, but not to the level that he had been making. And he had no desire to take a step back and make less. Then they got the idea that McGregor could really talk this game and really get people to believe or get people to want to believe and they've got the hustle going on again. And there's just people that, you know, they don't like Mayweather. They like MMA. They like McGregor. And they want to see McGregor win. And because they want to see McGregor win so bad, they've got themselves believing that he has a leg- legitimate shot. And he does not. Yeah, I mean, it would. I think that there's a lot of people who are going to be tuning in to maybe hope that we're going to see some amazing thing happen. You know, one of the things, Sam, I always talk about this on my preview podcast uh, you know, look, Floyd Mayweather is undefeated, but Sam, you know who also is undefeated? That'd be Father that? Time. At yeah. some point, age yeah. catches up to you, and and I think that if you are going to make a case for Conor McGregor winning this fight, that's got to be a part of your case, is that you think that Father Time has caught up with Floyd Mayweather. He's not as fast. He's not going to be able to get his hands up defensively like he used to. I mean, to me, that's if you're going to build a case around Conor McGregor winning his fight, that's got to be point A. The thing is, though, Mayweather has just been so so notorious for his speed. He is on, to say he's on another level, 
and has been on another level would be an understatement. He is slowing down. He even acknowledges that. You'll hear him from from time to time to say he's not the fighter he was 10 years ago. He's not the fighter he was 15 years ago. But he was blessed with so much speed and so much quickness. His fast-acting reflexes were just, you know, gifts from God. I mean, that you know, you, you could train all you want. You could train three times as much as Mayweather, and you're still not going to be quick and as fast as he is with his hand-eye coordination. Even though he's slowing down, he is still faster than the average human being. And in a lot of aspects, McGregor coming in with no professional boxing experience really is an average human being. And, you know, a slowed down Mayweather is still quicker than the vast majority of professional fighters out there. In fact, he still may be the quickest for all we know. So even if he's, well, it's not a question of if, he has definitely lost a step or two. He is still going to be in a position where he can outclass Conor McGregor. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. It, it came down earlier today. Uh, there's a, a story on MMAfighting.com. Bob Bennett, the executive director of the Vada Commission, was on Harawani show. Let me just ask you, how how far up the BS meter does this headline give you? Bob Bennett, money had nothing to do with approving Mayweather versus McGregor. That's a comical statement. I, right when I saw that tweet, Sam, I was like, come on, Bob. I, I like Bob Bennett, but you tell me money had nothing to do with approving this fight because at the end of the day, the executive director works for the state of Nevada and they're trying to bring money to the state of Nevada. At the end of the day, though, you can't get too upset with Bob Bennett because it is the truth. Money dictates a lot of decisions that Nevada makes, especially when it comes to Mayweather. But he can't say that. What's what's he going to say? Yeah. You know, oh, Ariel, no. Yeah, he yeah. has to say that. Right, because if he came out and said yes, Ariel, you know this is it was driven by money. He represents a, a huge amount of a of a tax base for this commission, and that's how we show our revenue, and that's how we get to, you know, keep doing what we do. Suddenly, he's going to be asked to resign the next day. He can't say it. It's the truth, but he can't tell the truth in this in this situation. No, it just I saw that that tweet come across earlier today, and I just I just laughed, Sam. I'm like, okay, you know, it, you know, look, he d- d- does have to say what it is. You know, in terms well, the of the fact that this fight even got approved, this tells you something right there. Well, let's be honest about it. Nevada, there have been plenty of other commissions that would approve this fight. Right. right yeah, exactly. But, Jason, to the letter of the law, this fight has no business being approved. I mean, I can tell I yeah. can't tell you how many fights that I had overturned by commissions. And you look at all the criteria that they listed out, and it's like, well, it was nowhere near ever even being close to as egregious as this, you know. And that's that for me as a matchmaker. If I was still doing matchmaking on a regular basis, you know, anytime a commission ever questioned, you know, a match I that I put forward, you know, if I was say if I was doing something in Nevada, I would say, well, you approved Mayweather versus McGregor in boxing. You approved potentially one of the greatest boxers of all time against someone that hadn't even fought an official amateur boxing match. Here's one of the things I think the final note I want to talk about this glove aspect is I wonder if this comes back and bites the Nevada commission in a future fight, a future fight where the rules say it's supposed to be 10 ounce gloves, but both fighters say they want eight ounce gloves and they use this as basically a case of, Hey, you approve for this fight. Why can't we have in our fight? Most boxers, from my experience, they don't want eight ounce gloves. They want the ten ounce or higher. Yeah. So I don't think 
you're going to see this too often. I think that there was a desire on the parties uh, by both parties in this particular instance, because I think that both parties believe it gives them a higher potential for a knockout finish. I don't think either. I don't think either fighter wants to go to the distance in this fight. Now, Sam, the other big controversy has to do with sparring. Uh, let me get your thoughts on that. Do you do you have issue with, uh, you know, essentially what UFC President Dana White did? How much of this is real, Jason, and how much of it is contrived? That is the question. If I was on the inside of this. I would have those answers. I'm on the outside as a fan for this one, like the vast majority of people listening to this show. Knowing what I know about the fight game and having been involved to the level that I've been, I've got to say that I think it's more likely that a lot of this is for show than for legitimacy. I don't think necessarily a lot of the promotion, a lot of the controversy that we've seen, I don't think a lot of it is real. Is real. I, I, I think a lot of it is pro wrestling-esque with the intent to promote this fight, get as much attention as they possibly can, get as many people buying into McGregor being a, little, a legitimate challenger to Mayweather and making as much money as humanly possible. And I think that getting people to believe in McGregor as having a le- legitimate shot against Mayweather, a part of that is getting them to believe that McGregor somehow got the best of Malinaji for 12 rounds in sparring. The issues that I want to point out here is, first of all, if you see the footage, this isn't Pauly Malinaji. Pardon me, I'm tongue-tied right now. Pauly Malinaji, it's not him in fight shape. He looks like a guy that just got off the couch Mm -hmm. and was coming in to do McGregor a favor. I've seen Pauly Malinaji fight. He was nowhere near being fight ready. Um, So anything McGregor did to him, you've got to take that with a grain of salt because he's not going to fight an out of shape Floyd Mayweather this coming Saturday. And I I think that, you know, I think Malinaji being a Showtime employee and Showtime being a major stakeholder in the promotion of this fight, that also has to raise some questions as well. Do you think, you know, because along with Dana putting that that short, you know, what was it, fifteen second clip out there? Yeah. Which I so mean, look, they they there's spar no, for there's no such thing as Vine anymore, but that was basically a Vine. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they sparred for twelve rounds, and you show us a, a clip of the eleventh round. You know, which I, I sit there and say is, well, let's see the rest of the sparring footage. Let's see what. But of course, you know, Team McGregor doesn't want that out there because then it gives Team Mayweather exactly what they want to see. But, you know, there were some picks. Well, how, how do we even know for, if, if they really sparred for 12 rounds? That's a very good point. You know, how, how do we, you know, because Showtime's cameras were there. The Showtime cameras were there. Apparently they were turned off once they started sparring, which I'm not 100% sure I believe that either. You know, how do we know that this just wasn't choreographed? They said, hey, you know, you're going to go in and this is going to happen and we're going to put it out there and. We're going to give you X amount of dollars because it's going to help the promotion of the fight. You know, there, there's rumors and speculation that Brendan Schaub is being paid to tell the world he believes McGregor is going to win. There have been other people that have gone on the record to say they think McGregor is going to win. I feel a lot of that is contrived. How do we know that this isn't part of some campaign by Showtime to help give credibility to 
Conor McGregor. And in doing so, Pauli Malignaggi loses some credibility, but perhaps he's being compensated. And, of course, there's always the potential now that he could make a huge payday if this turns into a full-fledged feud and McGregor and Malignaggi can do an actual fight. Sam, is it wrong of me to sit here and think that it's more likely that Conor's next fight is against Pauli as opposed to anybody else? Well, I mean, it's it's not... It's not a ridiculous notion because here's the thing. No one likes taking a step backwards in pay regardless of what <laughs> profession they're in. Knowing what McGregor's going to make for this fight, it's going to be hard for him to go back to the old pay scale that he was with at the UFC. Now, I don't know if he'll ever make as much for the Mayweather fight. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll ever make this much for a fight again. But he's not going to want to take a precipitous drop. He's going to want to stay within this realm, within this atmosphere, this plateau. And the only way he can do that is by getting a larger cut of the pay-per-view. And the only way he's going to get a larger cut of a pay-per-view is if he's involved in mega fights. Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson is not a mega fight. Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov is not a mega fight. Potentially, Conor McGregor... Rematching Nate Diaz, that could potentially be a mega fight. Conor McGregor versus Pauli Malignaggi, if promoted right, and if McGregor doesn't embarrass himself Saturday, that is a mega fight. Uh And he's going to have, you know, it's going to be very hard to find big blockbuster opponents for McGregor. Showtime and HBO, they've mastered the art of 24-7 and all access, and they've been able to manufacture names for, for Mayweather and other uh, boxers that are pay-per-view worthy, the UFC doesn't necessarily have that type of machine. They have a foundation and an infrastructure in place, but fighters can only get so big. McGregor is an aberration. McGregor needs to fight the next McGregor, and that doesn't exist right now in the UFC. So, you know, you're looking at the Nate Diaz's, and the polymolinologies and and other gimmick-type opponents. You're not going to see him come back and fight for, you know, 10, 15 million against the Khabibs and the Tony Fergusons or the Kevin Lees. It's not going to happen. One of the questions we got, you already answered the first part of the question about whether you actually believe about the beef between uh, Paulie and Connor, but the MMA guy also asked, do do you feel that Connor broke gym ethics by posting the pictures which appeared on on his website, The Mac Life? The way I came up, absolutely. You don't talk about sparring, and you definitely don't film sparring. That being said, Paulie's been around Showtime. He's been around these big fights. And he's got to know, as soon as, you, as soon as he walks into the gym and he sees cameras there, that this is not a typical training camp. This is a show. And if he was that concerned about the cameras and being filmed and something happening, why didn't he say, hey, I'm not getting into this ring until the cameras are out of the room? You know, he's a, he's a broadcaster. He's got to know, as long as there's a camera there, that red light may go off, mm-hmm. but that red light probably is going to go on you know that that if that camera stays in the room that he's you know they're, they're gonna look to turn that on when when he's not he's no longer looking so if, if he was really concerned and he should know better he's, he's been around the game not only been around the game but he's been around big big time fights he's got to know that if there's still cameras in the room they're they're going to keep filming 
Yeah, it, it would be interesting to me, you know, whatever Connor's next fight is, if he has to bring in sparring partners that are already not in his camp of, you know, could this be something that someone's going to go, nope, not coming to your camp because ultimately, you know, and I, when all that stuff kind of came out, to me it was, it seemed like it was a way to legitimize Conor McGregor as a boxer. And it, like it, Paulie was just a pawn in that game. I don't, you know, if 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 I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, and and, and maybe Paulie got used and taken advantage of. But you know, I, I believe he's in cahoots with them. I believe this is contrived. I believe this is planned out. I believe it's a pro wrestling angle. And if it's not, I still don't think Conor McGregor is going to have any problem getting sparring partners because you know fighters they're they're always looking for a payday and. McGregor's now in a different different level stratosphere, stratosphere financially. He's going to be able to offer guys real money to come in and spar with him. And at the end of the day, these guys are, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, 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 they want the money. So they're, they're going to come in. They're, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to take the money and they're not going to care. One of the, the things I really want to talk about this fight was – can boxing in the UFC slash MMA, can they capitalize on this? I I kind of feel like boxing has a lot of steam right now. I, I think what Bob Arum and Top Rank is doing is a very smart move. Uh, you know, putting all their fights on ESPN, putting marketable fighters on, on ESPN. I, I like where boxing is going, and I think they are building momentum off this fight, but. I don't see MMA capitalizing on this matchup. It reminds me a lot of the Olympics, this fight. You know, we all watch the Olympics, and there's certain fringe sports. I'll use soccer, for instance. You know, women's soccer, you know, it, it gets real popular during Olympic time in the U.S., you know, at least from an a, a American perspective, at least here, you know, the it'll get a big bump, you know, whether it be, you know, trying to think of the other sports that get real popular from the Olympics other than women's soccer. But there's these fringe sports that, that kind of, you know, get decent ratings in the Olympics. And there's a great story, a, a surprise athlete that really captivates the nation. You know, look at Michael Phelps, you know, swimming's the biggest deal when, when he's competing during the Olympics. But you know, what happens to swimming, when after the Olympics, do, you know, do people tune in to see Michael Phelps for a regular world championship? No, uh, I, I, track and field's probably another example of that. Right. And I think that you're going to see a, a, a huge critical mass of people pay attention to this fight and talk about MMA boxing like they've been watching it for years, like they're experts. And then, you know, the next big event's going to come around and they're, they're not going to have any idea about it. No, I mean, that's like one of the questions we got from Dwayne Barth. You asked uh, if we could identify any casualties or unintended consequences of this fight. For example, he mentions Demetrius Johnson, uh, you know, not getting promoted, being overshadowed. And to me, I think the consequences is just MMA as a whole. I mean, if you think about over this month, I mean, there has uh, there is a Bellator card on Friday night that no one's talking about, even though I think <laughs> Bellator has done a great job putting together a nice card top to bottom from the, the four fights on the, on the TV portion and also on the dot-com prelims. But you, you think of all these regional shows that have TV deals. I mean, they, they've essentially gotten no 
no media presence for their fight cards. To me, that's been the consequence of this fight is that there's so much attention on this fight that even the MMA media has forgotten about the rest of the sport. Yeah, there's not going to be a trickle-down effect from this. You know, if you get attention in MMA or boxing following the promotion of this mega fight, it's going to be because you did it based on merit. You're not going to be able to cherry pick and get any, you know, any type of, uh, you know, ancillary benefit here. You're going to have to go out and make it on your own. This isn't going to raise the sport of boxing. This isn't going to raise the sport of MMA. In a lot of aspects, this is not a boxing match. This is not an MMA fight. This is something completely different. This is potentially a once-in-a-lifetime combat sports Mm -hmm. event. It's something out of a movie. And I don't know. It's kind of like the Eclipse, Jason. I don't know if we're going to see another one, anything like this, in our lifetime. Did you go outside for that, by the way? What's that? Did you go outside for that? I did, and it was pretty overrated. I went out for a couple minutes, and you know, there's a lot of cloud cover. It just looked like a cloudy day. I don't That's get it. I, I was I was literally inside our stadium, and it kind of just got dark, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's getting dark for this thing." Um, yeah. I, I just I was like, and then like I was I was sitting there having some food with my wife, and I was asking her about it because she's a, she's a school teacher, and so she was much more educated than I was on this fact, and I was just like. I get. I guess just because it only happens what the next time's out for what another twenty years or something. I don't know. You know, and I, I think that at least where I'm located here, just outside of Philadelphia, I don't think it was great for visibility. Apparently, I, you know, I was supposed to drive to North Carolina to get the full effect, but <laughs> it wasn't about to do that today, Jason. You weren't. No, no. Do you see? Do you see the news reports this morning with people, you know, camping out in Oregon? Sam, I'm too busy for that kind of stuff. Like, I I, I look at those people and I'm like, I, I, I got too where do you much... get the time off? You know, like what, I don't have time for of, that. What kind Sam, of benefits do you have at your, you know, what kind of benefits do these people have at their jobs? Sam, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, I, I just like I, Jason. I don't know if I'd be getting into a car to drive to watch an eclipse. Uh, no. If you told me I had a day off where I didn't have to worry about anything work related. Yeah, that is not on my uh, my my to do list. I'll tell you what, I'd like to do though. If I if I had, did have the time off, I'd like to get in a car and drive to Vegas to see this fight because I think it's going to be something to see. I think from an action uh, standpoint, I don't think it's going to be that exciting. But I think all the pomp and circumstance, I think it's going to be very very interesting and entertaining. I think it's going to be very surreal. I th- you know I think it's going to be a spectacle, but not necessarily in a, a very bad embarrassing way. I just think it's going to be something so unique. And different that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. My hope is that it's just better than Mayweather Pacquiao. I I don't think you're you talking about from an actual actual action standpoint. Yeah, from from a fight aspect that because yeah, I remember I don't I don't, I don't I don't think you should count on it being much better. It could be worse. I, I know. I mean, I just remember being in a room watching that fight with a couple hardcore fight fans and majority casual fight fans. And I mean, it, it just, it just wasn't an enjoyable experience just because a, the fight was five years too late first off. But I just, I just hope that there is some action in this fight and that you're not sitting here on Sunday morning going, man, why did I waste a hundred dollars on that? Some people are going to feel that way. You know, you're looking at the greatest defensive boxer of all time against the guy that hasn't even fought an amateur boxing bout. So it, it's, 
from a from a matchup standpoint, it, it's kind of it, you know it's kind of screwy. You know, it's just uh, it doesn't make sense in a lot of aspects. But I think that the entertaining aspects are going to be you know the walk ins, and my hope is that you know if there's not a lot of punches being thrown or landed during the actual fight, that there's interchanges communication between Mayweather and McGregor during the actual fight. If they're not going to be hitting each other, you know, let's see them, you know, talk trash. Let's, you know, give us something to react to. I'm probably more interested in the pre-fight press conference on Wednesday than I am the fight. Because you know Connor's going to do something crazy. Well, he's going to do something crazy, but then you've got the post-fight press conference. You know, I'm looking forward to all the things regarding the promotion of this fight that don't have anything to do with the actual fight itself because I don't have – my expectations for the actual fight, the the, the the action that takes place bell to bell, I, I don't have high expectations for that. But I, I, I'm looking forward to all the antics and all the pomp and circumstance that we're going to see surrounding those rounds. So are you uh, are you going over somebody's house, having people over, or are you going out to a bar to watch this one? I'm, I'm going to pay for it. I'm just going to watch it in my house. I would tell you this. I was listening to another MMA podcast and, uh, you know, Full disclosure, I'm I'm in sports bar marketing. And, you know, as this is podcast where they basically couldn't understand essentially why everywhere you go is a a cover charge to watch this fight. And here's the plain answer. It costs a lot of money for bars to show this. Uh typically a number a general number, twenty five to thirty dollars a head. It's costing you because you, your cost your cost is based on the amount of seats you have in your place per the fire marshal. And, uh, you know, look, and, and for UFC pair of you, just kind of put this in perspective, that number is under $10 a head. So it, it kind of tells you how much more this pay-per-view is costing your, your local bar. That's why it, I would be shocked if you find a restaurant or sports bar that is showing this pay-per-view legally that is does not have a cover charge because w- just because of what the cost is for this one, sports bars and restaurants have no choice. They have to do a cover charge. Yeah, if you thought that you're going to be able to just walk into a bar, buy a couple of beers, and watch this pay per view for free, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> you know, you're, that's a shame on you because you know the, these bars and restaurants they they're businesses. They have to mm-hmm. they have to keep the lights on. And you look at the bars. First of all, their capacity is only so much, only so many people they can let in, and there's only so many people they can serve. You know, the, the bar gets two to three people deep, and you know, the bartenders can only keep up so much. So I, I've been to certain events where it was just crazy and people weren't getting served. They were just walking away and they were just watching and, and not drinking anything. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a bar to watch a fight and not bought a single beer, you know, because I had to drive and I, I, you know, didn't feel a need to, to you know, pay, pay six to seven bucks for a beer. I just drank water, drank a soda and got something to eat. And that was it. So, you know, the bar has to ensure that it, it makes its money back and then some in order to to make it worthwhile. And I will tell you, just because it's something I monitor, um, there is a lot of bars and restaurants that are showing this pay-per-view, at least in, in where I live here in the Tampa Bay area, where uh, they never show UFC events. Uh, that, that tells you, to me, a, a lot of kind of, you know, the interest. I mean, look, I, I think by the time we hit Thursday and Friday of this week, uh, you know, it, it's just you're, there's going to be people who never talk about combat sports that are going to be talking a, about this one there. Um, you know, when the, the question- timing's perfect, Jason, sorry to cut you off, but, you know, all the big summer movies have pretty much already been released. NFL season has not started. Baseball playoffs have not begun. Basketball and hockey are still a few months away. 
the, you know, the sports networks, the sports radio stations, they're going to feed off of this. They, and they've gotten a lot of mileage mm-hmm. out of it already. People that don't necessarily talk about boxing or MMA on the air, a lot of sports personalities, sports media personalities, they've discussed this fight like they've been watching MMA and boxing their entire lives when we know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just think the timing of this is, is just, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, is just they got it right. I mean, this mm-hmm. is yeah. the perfect weekend to do it. Uh, by the way, uh, cheap little plug here, throw in there. Uh, you mentioned about football and, and basketball seasons upcoming. There is going to be an MMA Insiders Fantasy Football League, Fantasy Basketball League. Sam, they just got to contact you, correct? Yep, just hit me up on Twitter, at Sam Kaplan MMA. If you need to follow, just send me a message. I'll, uh, I'll follow you. You can DM me. We have a couple open spots in the Football League. I've been a little bit busy with work, so I haven't gotten everything 100% finalized, but we will be drafting uh, the, uh, I think it's, what was it, uh, August 31st, towards the end of August. Uh, it's it's on my Twitter. I can put that, I'll put that date out again uh, in the next couple of days. If you're available and you're a listener to this show, there could be an opening and an opportunity for you to get involved. Send me a direct message. We'll put you on the waiting list and we'll get it figured out. Just uh, wanted to throw that out there so people can hear it. Um, y- you know, one of the things I know you want to talk about is predicting of Connor's next fight and the sport and the opponent. I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I think it's most likely his next matchup's a boxing matchup against Pauli Maginali. My money is on Nate Diaz. And I would have agreed with you, Jason, that it was Malinaji next. But I think with these eight ounce gloves, the decision to to switch glove sizes, I think that is going to cause McGregor to get finished in this fight. Whereas before with the 10 ounce gloves, I thought he had a shot to go the distance. I think that it's going to be tough potentially to sell him as a boxer. I mean, if they want to do it, they can do it. But if he thinks he's going to get paid to the anywhere near to the level that he's going to get paid for this Mayweather fight, um, you know, based on a potential, you know, TKO KO loss, if that is indeed the case, it could be a tough sell. And there may not be a reason for McGregor to risk another loss in a sport that he is not the king of. He is the king of MMA, you know, and Mayweather did a nice job of promoting the Nate Diaz rematch, you know, during the press conferences Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, McGregor tapped. And yes, McGregor came back and got the win, but they're tied up 1-1. I've got to think that if if this boxing match against Mayweather does not go well, that there's going to be a desire to get him back in the cage, and there's really only one major name for him to fight within his weight class, and that's Nate Diaz. I, I still think that's a very, very marketable fight. We got asked, and let's just say his, his next fight's a UFC fight, and this came from Rich. He said, what do we think the pay is going to look like for McGregor's UFC return? And, well, and I think that's – that may I, – I started this new segment on, on my podcast, Sam, called Three Things I'm Monitoring. And to me, this is kind of one of those things I'm monitoring is what's contract negotiations going to look like between McGregor and the UFC after this? Yeah, he's essentially a free agent. He has a contract with the UFC, but – Jason, you're familiar with this term in, in the NFL. He's an exclusive rights free mm-hmm. agent. I mean, yeah. He's not going to be an unrestricted free agent. He can't go anywhere else. He's not going to be a restricted free agent. He can't talk to another promotion, and the UFC still has the right to match. But, you know, he can, can't go anywhere else. But by him simply not fighting, the UFC stands to lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And each fight 
on his contract from henceforth is going to be a whole new negotiation. Whatever he's contracted to make for his next upcoming fights under the UFC banner, it goes out the window. He has uh, reached a new stratosphere. And I think, I think the UFC, I think WME, IMG, I think they knew that. I think they knew the moment that they approved this fight and they signed on um, that his existing contract was, was, was worthless. But I think they were already headed down that path anyway, even without this fight. McGregor, you know, was making such a name for himself as a draw in MMA that, you know, they were negotiating each and every fight, you know, anew every time anyway. But this mm-hmm. takes it to another level. And really the only way to empower him, you know, short of giving him ridiculous balloon guarantees is to make him a much bigger stakeholder in the pay percentage. He's essentially going to be the Mayweather of MMA, and it's going to be the UFC in conjunction with McGregor promotions. <laughs> and you're going to see him get you know huge cuts of these pay-per-views. And 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 the UFC and WME IMG, they're going to willingly do it because they don't have any other choice. They they want to make that money. And even if they're giving a huge massive cut of the pay-per-view points to McGregor, you know now you know if. You know, he'll essentially be a full partner with them in the promotion of his, of his fights. You know, he's going to be such a big star that it's still they're still going to be able to make a ton of money with this new financial arrangement. And it's funny you bring uh, about McGregor Sports and Entertainment because Brian Abraham brought up that point, asking if we thought will McGregor Sports and Entertainment co-promote his UFC fights from now on? And uh, man, he, it might just happen, Sam. I don't think they have a choice. I don't think it's a question of if it's it's going to happen. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, he he's by far the biggest star. I mean, John Jones is number two. I guess you say Nate Diaz is number three. Who who even knows at this point? You know, it's uh, is Brock Lesnar number three if he comes back. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like I, I see these articles about people saying how you know all this excitement's coming in MMA, and I'm sitting there going, okay, tell me the next fight you're interested to buy. Jones who stops it, which apparently might be in December. Yeah, I, who knows? Are, are you excited for Bisping GSP? I'm not. I'm not because I, I just think that seeing GSP fight outside of 170 because he's not a big 170 to begin with. Seeing fight 85 pounders is of no interest to me. I mean, Sam, you know, I have I, I've taken a back seat to MMA just because I have so many things outside of MMA going on. I find myself. Like fights that maybe two years ago I'd be excited for. Now I'm like, oh, I'll watch it on DVR. And, and that's why I think you're going to see a massive change with the next UFC contract. I think a lot of these B-level pay-per-views, you're not going to be able to get them for free on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports. Yeah, I mean, I it's... that's going to be the biggest change with the TV deal. But, you know, Conor McGregor, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, for years they're saying, when is MMA going to get its Muhammad Ali? And, and you know, I'm not saying McGregor is as big as Muhammad Ali or anywhere close to it, but he is MMA's version of it. He's the closest thing that we've seen, and there's no one even close. And it's kind of hard to create a star, the magnitude of McGregor. It's not a given. You can't really create it. You can't recreate it. He's Someone either has it or doesn't, and it's – even if you have that star quality, even though even if you have that it factor, McGregor's still on a different level. We may never see another star the the level of McGregor in MMA. There's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of the buy rate, and we got a couple of questions about it, and of course we want to give our predictions. You know, one of the questions uh, is from Bruno. He says, five days out, you feel over or under five million buys. I get no buzz from my friends and family who watches MMA. Um, you know, I think what's ultimately, and I got an email earlier this week from a listener of ours and basically talking about how they felt that uh, the the sports fan under the age of 40 may be watching this fight, but they're not, you know, forking over $100 to watch their satellite TV or, or maybe even via UFC.TV or going out to a restaurant is that they're, they're watching a legal stream of that. Maybe it's on Periscope. Facebook Live to me is becoming one of the biggest problems for these entities because I can't tell you how many times I go on my Facebook timeline and see uh, pay-per-views, you know, or even shows on Fight Pass that are being streamed on on Facebook Live or even a jailbroken Fire Stick. I mean, are we talking about because of you know outlets like that that maybe this pay-per-view is losing up to a million buys? And that's the problem with the price tag. Anytime you have a price tag that's, that's this high for something that people want to see, you know, if people have the money, they're going to pay for it. If people don't have the money, and there's a lot of people that can't afford $100 for, for a fight. And they may not have friends that are interested in chipping in and watching with them. So it invites the temptation for a lot of people to steal it. And I'm not endorsing it. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that's the reality, and it's a little different now in shutting these streams down because before these bit bit torrent sites, these servers from you know hosted internationally, you know outside of the U.S., the UFC would hire a security team, and you know they'd find out where these streams were and they they'd get them shut down. But now, I mean, you could have a Facebook account that's totally exclusive and closed off to you know 20 to 30 mm-hmm. people that you know that you interact with. And you could just make a stream available to just them. And unless, you know, a, a security official from the UFC are working on behalf of the UFC, unless they somehow get invited to, to the pirated stream, they're not even going to know it, it exists. You know, it's not some of these streams. They're not necessarily even accessible to, 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 to the open public. They're, they're kind of closed off and they're private showings. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to definitely have a, a major effect on the buys. Uh, you know, what's your are, are you saying over under five million? Under five million, I think it's going to be you know four point six, four point seven, which is an awesome number. Mm-hmm. It's not five million, but it's still an amazing number. I think it's going to be close to five million. I, I mean, I'm kind of like you, four point six, four point seven, four point eight. I think that's where uh, ultimately the buy rate comes in at. And that's going to be a great number that we're not going to see repeated anytime soon. No. And, I mean, especially in, and you know, I have had some friends who have said, hey, the $100, it, it, you know, unless I'm going and I'm getting together with a bunch of people. But, I mean, look, Sam, we're both, uh, you know, in our mid-30s. You know, a lot of people our age, uh, we're sitting home on a Saturday night. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, when I watch UFC pay-per-views, um, honestly, the past couple pay per views just been me and two of my buddies going out to a, a local sports bar and watching the fights. And I honestly, Sam, I enjoy watching the fights way more now than I did when I was an, a day to day beat writer, just because I can just enjoy the fights. Yeah, that's no, a lot more fun. Here's an interesting angle that I want to throw out to you. It's an interesting question. Let's say McGregor doesn't win, but maybe he goes the distance, or even though in a loss, he performs so much better than people expected that were naysayers that in a way he wins. 
and he becomes a bigger star and everyone wants to pay for his next fight and he's got you know millions of more new fans when his contract comes up with the UFC are we going to see non-traditional players competing for his services you would think just from a pure endemic standpoint, you know, Conor McGregor just as an MMA fighter, the only competitors for his services are Bellator and Viacom and the UFC. But does a strong showing here open the door to a new segment of players? Will the HBOs and the Showtimes of the world, will they look to get in the McGregor business? With Mayweather leaving the sport, Will they look at McGregor as the new Mayweather? And will they be open to the idea of maybe not running full-fledged MMA promotions, but just wanting to get in the McGregor business so bad that they will run MMA shows built around McGregor? You're not going to see, you know, you wouldn't see uh, MMA shows on Showtime or HBO that McGregor wasn't being a part of. But, you know, suddenly does HBO, Showtime, and, and, and whomever, any major media property – are they all of a sudden thinking, you know what, this guy can sell. Mm-hmm. We're not maybe necessarily the biggest MMA fans, but this guy has a huge audience that, and they're willing to pay. You know, why don't we throw a lot of money at this guy and just get in the McGregor business? Oh, I think you're spot on. I, I think you would see the HBOs and, and the Showtimes get involved in that. I mean, that's got to be the biggest fear for WME. And it, you know, and Showtime has done MMA in the past, so it wouldn't be. A huge surprise, but, you know, seeing HBO or maybe even another major media player that we haven't even named, you know, what if Netflix, you know, which hasn't done really anything with live streaming, what if a Netflix said, you know what, we're going to get in the the Mayweather business or one of these, you know, streaming, these, you know, skinny bundle streaming services, you know, decided to jump in, you know, what if a major media player, what if, you know, Disney, Comcast, Universal said, we're just going to sign this guy and start, you know, doing events with them, you know, and, and, you know, making movies with them, making TV shows, you know, just blowing them up, you know, and, and I guess, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to beat Mayweather to, to get the entertainment industry, you know, really hot to work with him. But, you know, if he can just make a, a decent accounting for himself, you know, land some punches and, and not get completely embarrassed and, and get everyone excited and, and eager to pay to see him again, you know, I just, uh, you know, UFC and, WME, IMG, they really didn't have, you know, any really many options. Telling McGregor no to this, you know, probably wasn't, you know, a a great option for them. But they may have created a massive monster. And I don't know how many fights he owes them, but, you know, it's probably not enough at this point if you're uh, the UFC from their perspective. I want to go back quickly about Pauly. I am, I think I'm the only one who's really brought this up. I, I feel like... A lot of people don't realize how much Paulie does support MMA with his involvement with Future Legend, and yeah. particularly with Bellator fighters. Uh, yep. To me, it seems like that is a storyline that's not been brought up. And also, I wonder if Dana putting that sparring footage out there is going to come to bite Dana in the ass at some point. Because all of a sudden, does maybe Paulie decide to, to use his contacts and his leverage in the boxing world to maybe try to help out those guys who want to bring the Ali Act to MMA. Well, you know, here's another thing, you know, that Malinaji did on Twitter that necessarily doesn't involve the the bringing the Ali Act into MMA, although he kind of made some comments. He was pretty complimentary after Dana White uh, let this leak about Bellator. He was very critical of the UFC and, and you know said that he thought, you know, Bellator from a business perspective and the way they treat fighters 
could have a bigger future long term than the UFC, which that was the only thing that happened during this whole process that made me believe even for a little bit that maybe this whole thing was legitimate. This whole feud between Malinaji and McGregor and their camps. That's the only thing, you know, for him to come out that heavy against the UFC and that pro Bellator in a tweet. That that was the only thing that seemed potentially real to me. I want to get a couple questions here from listeners before we get into the fight predictions and wrap up this podcast. Uh, first off, uh, MMA guy wanted me to ask Sam if he feels that Connor can actually self-believe himself into actually winning, and is he trying to do the impossible? Oh, yeah, I think he definitely believes that he, he can win this fight. I don't know how likely and how confident he is, but I definitely believe that he sees a path to victory, that that there, there's a game plan, that there's some kind of flaw that he can exploit. Maybe it's the kind of uh, the, the plot line from Rocky Balboa, the, 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 the fifth one, where he comes back and he does the fight against uh, Antonio Tarver, uh, his character, where uh, Duke Evers says, you know, you're, you're, there's no way you're going to match this guy with speed, even, you know, come even close. So we're just going to, you know, we're going to win this fight by blunt force trauma and we're going to get you as strong as possible. You know, maybe that's, kind of the the strategy and the theme that's going on in the McGregor camp you know hey we're not you know we can't box this guy but let's uh build up as much strength as possible and let's knock this guy out it wouldn't surprise me if that's the 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 path to victory that they envision um but you know I, I don't think you're gonna see McGregor walk into this fight thinking that he's 100% going to lose it I think maybe he knows it's a it's his toughest challenge in his career but I, I gotta believe that he believes he can win this fight otherwise he wouldn't be doing it also from MMA guy, he said, this guy has never boxed professionally. Is this whole thing just absurd to even entertain the idea of Connor winning? I, yeah, I think if you've listened to the last couple of podcasts that we've done over the last couple of months, you know that both Jason and I think it's very unlikely that McGregor wins this fight and that if he somehow did, it, you know, Jason, I think it would be one of the biggest upsets mm -hmm. in the history of sports. I think it, you know, if McGregor beats Mayweather... I think it's a bigger upset than when the college kids for USA Hockey in 1980 beat the Russian pros. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's an even bigger upset than that. No, I mean, I'm I'm with you. It would be one of the biggest upsets uh, in, in sports history. Uh, John Douglas asks, will we be thankful once the fight hype has concluded? I would just be thankful when this fight's over and we can just go back to regular boxing and regular MMA. I'm not... I won't be thankful. I'm not bothered by the hype and the hoopla and the show of this. You know, we've had so many negative themes take place in MMA the last year or two, just with all the 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 death that we've had to deal with. You know, with fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, really well known people from the MMA community. You know, passing on. You know, a lot of the issues that we've seen come out, spill into public with you know fighters being unhappy with how they're being treated by fight promotions, the lawsuits. You know, just a, a lot of negative, ugly stuff. And for me, this has been fun. You know, this, you know, you can say what you want about this fight, but, you know, we're talking about a fight. We're not talking about things outside of the cage. We're not talking about things outside of the ring. We're talking about two fighters fighting. You know, maybe it's absurd. Maybe it's a little surreal. Maybe it's a, a part spectacle. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's entertaining, and you know I don't think I'm in the minority of, of that because you know at least four million people are going to be paying 
a hundred bucks a pop to watch this thing. Yeah, that's the crazy part of it. Uh, at Volt One M Meg, and I'm sure there's a lot of sarcasm in this uh, question. How much should I put down on McGregor? Uh, Look, Sam, if I was in Vegas, I'd put twenty bucks down, Connor, just for the hell of what, it. What's the, do we have the current line right now? I believe I... Connor's plus four fifty. Yeah, I'd put 20, 30 bucks down. Yeah, I mean, if you if you spend two bucks for a Powerball ticket, you know, might Sam, as well throw I'm so out. out I'm so out of the loop, Sam. I didn't know there was some huge Powerball drawing this past weekend. Like Five hundred twenty million now. It's crazy. I, I got somebody, my tickets. Oh, I thought somebody. I got my. No, that was Mega Millions. Oh, I guess I should maybe. I guess I should be more in tune to what's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got my uh, I got my tickets this afternoon. You know, and. Uh, if I get the winner, Jason, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna retire and do a daily uh, MMA podcast with you. <laughs> I think you'd run out of content real quick there, Sam. <laughs> um, now let's get into the. Well, with the 500 million, I would start an MMA promotion and that we could talk about every day. Oh, awesome, awesome! Yeah, I know how much. You, oh man, get get into that. Well, let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I. Apparently, you, oh, you I was going to gonna make a disparaging comment about some promoters that have, have been losing money lately in MMA, but I, we won't go there. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's unfortunate some of the things I see uh, in MMA. Uh, let's get into the predictions. Uh, let's get first to this question. This question from Scott. He said, "Realistic prediction: How many rounds can Connor win, and how many will he?" Zero. I, I, you know, if he if he loses a round, it's going to be because May, Mayweather decided to dump around, carry him, and make it interesting. I think in a, a legit, straight up on the level fight, McGregor does not win a single round against Mayweather. I am uh, not I, saying I'm not saying that that necessarily is going to be the case. I'm saying if it does happen, if McGregor does win a round or two or three this Saturday, you need to question it. Yeah, I mean, I just. I find it tough to believe Connor's going to win around, but you know what? Hey, if if he sits there and prove me, prove me wrong, Connor. I mean, Connor's proven us wrong a lot of times, uh, but I just can't. I just can't see it. Just can't see it. You know, yeah, in terms it. of predictions, I know you. I think you mentioned TKO in the eighth round, which is something I I had mentioned previously. I'm sticking by that. I think it's it's a stoppage in the eighth round. You think it's a like a stoppage due to. Uh... Too many punches, or do you? Think yeah, it's a I think this stoppage? is where the, it's a doctor stoppage due to a cut or a, a mouse or swelling. No, I think this is referee coming in and stopping the fight. I, I would, I would agree. You know, but uh, it should, uh, it should be entertaining. Uh, I will mention coming up on this week's episode of the MMA Report podcast, going to be joined uh, by my good buddy Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider. We're going to talk all about the betting uh, odds of this uh, of this fight, of course. Uh, since Brian is a Gator and I'm a Noel, we'll, we'll rag on each other a little bit about the the Noles and the Gators. We'll talk a little college football betting as well. So, from the if you're looking for the betting side of that, uh, Wednesday's episode of the MMA Report, I'll be joined by Brian Edwards. Also, I'll be joined by uh, Kevin Casey, who's fighting on Bellator on Friday night, and also uh, Rick Glenn, who's got a fight. Interesting note about Rick Glenn, uh, Sam. He's uh, left Rufus Sport. He's now at Team Alpha Male. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think he, he dropped that gym on me. I was like, moved uh, moved out of Milwaukee and moved everything to uh, Sacramento. I thought that was pretty interesting. He's been with uh, Rufus Sport for a long time. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah. And uh, speaking of other shows, what do you think about doing a post-McGregor Mayweather show at some point this weekend? Oh, uh, yeah. Anytime. Like, I'm, I will not be available on Saturday. I got a Buccaneers game on Saturday. And uh, 
but yeah, I'll be around on Sunday. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what we can do on Sunday. So if you're listening to the show, we're not guaranteeing Sunday just yet. Although if we finalize it, you'll know about it on Twitter. But expect something from us post McGregor, post Mayweather. Yeah, of course. Uh, we always uh, post uh, on my Twitter account, which is at Jason underscore Floyd. Also, Sam posts on his Twitter account at Sam Kaplan MMA. Of course, uh, this podcast has a uh, Twitter account as well. MMA Insiders uh, PC, so you can uh, check out that. We're always putting stuff up there as well. Sam, it was uh, good talking to you. And uh, do we kind of root for something crazy to happen on Saturday night? Yeah. I mean, look, I- I'm rooting for McGregor to win. I just don't think it's going to happen. It-, it would be great to see. It'd be great for the sport of MMA. It would be great for the sport of combat sports. Mayweather's on the way out. It would pass the baton to to McGregor. You know, Mayweather's been such a cash cow and, you know, whoever would get a, you know, the only fight, you know, McGregor would be the only fighter to get a win from him. And, you know, I don't know if he'd be as big of a draw as Mayweather, but he would get a pretty huge bump. And I think the, uh, whether it's you're an MMA fan or a boxing fan, you know, you want to see that torch get passed, you know, and, and hope that there's a new cash cow that can continue these big mega pay-per-views and, and keep the spotlight on the sport. I just want big fights in MMA. That's all I'm asking. Is that too much to ask for, Sam? If McGregor beats, let's just say McGregor beats him, who does he fight? If that happens, does he truly come back to MMA? Does he go back to boxing? I mean, what 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 does he do next? Oh, if the UFC thought he was a problem before, whoo, good luck I mean, dealing with he him. Just, does he just, I mean, if he beats Mayweather, does he just leave and make movies? Man, I don't know. That's a uh, that's a good question, Sam. But uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to talk about that after this fight is over. So uh, as always, Sam, uh, appreciate talking. As a uh, quick mention, tell everyone where they can uh, hit you up about being in, in the fancy football or fancy basketball leagues. Just hit me up at Sam Kaplan MMA. That's Kaplan with a C. And enjoy the fights, everybody. Follow Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan on Twitter. Find them at Jason underscore Floyd and at Sam Kaplan MMA. This is the MMA Insiders Podcast on Radio Influence. This is the Landry Football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Zeke Elliott, it's the newest, most recent issue. And it's one of the things, and it's, I don't want to say it's comical, uh, because it's certainly the issue is not comical, but it's very predictable. Is you know fan bases um, they align on how it affects their football team, uh, and so when a penalty like this is about to be rendered, you can pretty much say that it's going to be either too harsh or too lenient, depending on which uh, viewpoint you take uh, in terms of how you view that team, that situation. We tend to put morality aside when it affects our football team, um, unfortunately. The league is very aggressive with how they look at any off-the-field situations, domestic situations. And when people ask me what type of penalty will he get, and my answer was I don't know. It was an honest one because I don't know what happened in this situation. Uh, I know what's been reported. Uh, what's been reported is not always accurate. Very often it's inaccurate because it comes from somebody that's got an agenda and the other side. I mean, Jerry Jones said nothing happened. Well, obviously something happened. He's not getting suspended for nothing. Um, I think it's a lot of 
you know, Jerry putting his clout and, and bravado behind it, trying to say something to maybe reduce and set the stage for an appeal that might reduce it, the penalty. And we'll see if it goes down from six games or not. And that depends upon the appeal, exactly what took place, when it took place, how it took place. Folks, you don't need an arrest. You don't need a conviction to get suspended. The league says you're doing things that are inappropriate. You're going to get penalized for that. You're going to get punished for that. The decisions that Zeke has made has been very inconsistent, very problematic. And, you know, it's a combination of maybe certain things didn't happen here, but then you have an arrest in a bar. And, you know, it's a lot of these things tend to add up. And as they investigate every situation, none of them may lead to anything that is a conviction or an arrest or anything, but it's maybe a pattern that concerns them. In essence, if one of these things had happened and not any of the others, penalty would not be as severe. Um, how the appeal will take place, um, how long will it take, that's probably the biggest issue I have with the NFL is that how long it takes to get some of this information and render a decision. I think it could be expedited a lot better. I think that in fairness to all involved, they need to render a decision a lot sooner than they than they have. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.